0: Welcome to another top of the table interview. Join us as we hear stories and advice from MDRT top of the table qualifiers. All right. Welcome everybody. I'm Sandy Chassel. I'm a business coach for financial and insurance professionals who are already successful, but want to break through to the top of their profession, whatever that means to them. And this, is top of the table, where we talk with advisors who have reached MDRT's court and top of the table about, hey, what got you there? Today, we're talking with COT member Daniel Caperso. Danny is a president of the Premier Asset Solutions a Wealth Management Retirement and Insurance Planning Office in Melville, New York. Premier also has a Wichita, Kansas office, so I'm going to be curious about that. Yeah. And Started premier asset solutions about nine and a half years ago he serves as its president and CEO he's a licensed agent with New York life insurance company and before starting this venture Danny spent about the same length of time working as a personal banker with JP Morgan Chase I'm also interested in that he holds a certified long-term care designation from the American College he made it to the MDRT in 2012 and made Court of the Table beginning in 2017. Welcome, Danny. Thank you so much, Sandy. So nine and a half years ago, you were in banking, and then one day that changed,
1: and I thought that'd be a good place for us to start. Sure, sure. So I worked for uh, Washington Mutual Bank, which is no longer in existence anymore. They got taken over by uh, J. P. Morgan Chase. And- after working with J.P. Morgan Chase for about two years after the takeover, I was just very, very unhappy in my situation. Um, I was, uh, more or less working in a field that was not something I can see myself growing in. Um, I had an entrepreneurial spirit and, um, I just wasn't happy. Uh, so I spoke with my wife at the time and, uh, I got her blessing and, uh, said, I have to leave this position and look for something new and look for some change. And, you know, I love sales. I love financial services. And, uh, you know, I went into a couple of different meetings with a couple of different firms and met with people at New York Life and was extremely satisfied with their training programs. Um, quite frankly, one of the tipping points was MDRT and how New York Life have always leads the MDRT uh, in membership and that and not by a little, but by quite a bit. Um, so that kind of was a tipping point for me because uh, it shows that the company is not only large, but successful. Um, and I made the decision to venture out on my own and take the risk of working in a commission-only job, as they say. And here I am 10 years later, and I don't regret a day of it. So. Yeah,
0: that's great. Did you have a plan when you started? I mean, it sounds like one one part of your plan was... <coughs> But did you have did you know like how you were going to hit the ground running
1: you know i had no clue um <laughs> didn't. I a lot of uh, you know i figured that, you know the simple plan was that you know i had a lot of clients that i had from the bank and um you know more or less i figured okay well i'll work like they teach you you know you call your family your friends and you'll go prospect and i'll have a couple of the people from the bank that are going to follow me and That'll hold me over until I can learn the ropes. But, you no, know, in the beginning, Sandy, to be honest with you, I was a grinder. You know, I came in and, you know, I hit the streets. I walked into different, you know, business owners. And, uh, you know, I, I met with a lot of my personal friends, or, um, you know, a lot of my, my old clients from the bank. I asked for a lot of referrals, um, you know, and kind of, you know, built it that way. I was really fortunate that. After about a year, I'd say, working at New York Life, one of the development managers actually came up to me and uh, he's like, you're doing really well. He's like, "But we think you could do better. And I'm like, so do I. He said, I just don't have the people, you know? And we all know in this business, that's the hardest thing is getting the people. Um, So he introduced me to a couple of people that turned out to be mentors of mine. And uh, they were getting older and wanted to kind of slow down a little bit. Um, you know, and I started working with some of their clientele as well. So working joint work with senior agents and, you know, other successful agents, which turned into mentorship in a way too, Got you know, really, lead, you know, gave me a uh, head start on my career that a lot of people aren't fortunate enough to have. So, you know, I was also blessed in that regard.
0: Yeah, so so it sounds like they helped you along. You you went in and you saw businesses. You did the usual thing of going to friends and family. Some people are afraid to do that, so yeah. that was great. Did you uh, at some point say, hey, I want to narrow this and, and go into uh, a niche?
1: I, I did, but I yes and no. That's a, that's a trick question. So I always felt if you go into a niche type of a you know, area, you pigeonhole yourself sometimes, you know, uh, which is one of the reasons that I created Premier Asset Solutions uh, because I felt like that New York Life business card, although they're a fantastic company and I love working with them, I was pigeonholed as, well, you're the New York Life life insurance guy and I can go anywhere else and get quotes and things like that. And Working through my Premier Asset Solutions, DBA, Uh, I'm able to market myself a little bit better as more of an investment, retirement planning, estate planning, business planning type of a person. Um, I don't like to kind of go into, I like, I'll help anybody. You know, I love business owners. Um, That's where I kind of have a a really good time. You know, I like working with, and not giant business, like I love small business owners. I love working with them mom and pop shops. Um, You know, working with my mentor, his name is Piero Silvestri. He's a lifetime member of MDRT as well. Uh, working with him, his niche, if you will, is uh, Italian restaurants and pizzerias. So I've learned a lot about how to work with pizzerias, uh, Italian restaurants, things like that. So that's that's always fun to work with those guys because they're usually cut from the same cloth that I am. Um, you don't got to walk in there in a three-piece suit with a tie on, you know. They you know, they like to joke around. They have a good time. So you know, that's a, you know, I, if you'd say the, a, a niche, niche market for me, that would probably be it. Um, you know, but that's, you know, I'm try, I've am tried to obviously expand that over time. And, you know, I think I've done a pretty good job of it.
0: Yeah. So how did Wichita, Kansas get into this mix?
1: Great question. So um, Wichita, Kansas. So I'm in a two study groups and I guess talking about my study groups would probably be a, good um, prelude to that, because that's a big part of it. So I'm fortunate enough that I, I'm in a New York Life study group that's a national study group. I'm actually in two. Um, one I've been in for about six years now, um, and it's with my mentor, uh, Piero, and uh, a number of other uh, older agents uh, that are very successful uh, on the northeast, uh, Northeastern New Jersey and uh, New York area. Pardon me. Um, yeah, I've learned a tremendous amount from them. About three years ago, I was asked to be in a national group uh, with a number of gentlemen from around the country. A couple of people in Texas, Arizona, Wichita, Kansas, uh, North Carolina, <clears throat> and, and that group. You know, I was asked to be in because the gentlemen in that group were all in my age bracket. We all have young families, so we're all kind of in the same time frame of being in the business, and we're all trying to grow. And you know, they said they thought it be a really good fit, and I am. These guys have turned into not just friends, advisors, and they're my brothers, and um, I love them very much. Uh, The gentleman in Wichita, Kansas, uh, his name is Marcus Rivera, and he's a partner of mine in my study group, and one day me and him were just talking about working through our uh, DBAs and working through how I work through Premier Asset Solutions, and he had just taken over his father's business, who had just retired on a very successful career. He's like, yeah, I was thinking about setting one up. He's like, but I just think it would be easier to work with somebody who already has an established DBA. I was like, why don't you work on mine and be my partner? And, uh, you know, that's pretty much how that works. So now, like, he's got his office in Kansas. I got mine in New York. We piggyback off each other. We work together on a couple of bigger, bigger cases. Um, you know, but he runs his thing out of Kansas. I run my thing out of Long Island, New York. And, you know, it's just a really good mix. It's, it's nice to have it on our website. We got a really nice website set up, which is actually going to, we're going to upgrade that probably in the next three to six months. Um, you know, Marcus has a couple of things that he's been working on that, you know, are going to really enhance that. And we just have a good partnership. So that's, that's how Wichita, Kansas came to be. Um, you know, I, I think I've only been there once or twice. Um, you know, Marcus has been out here a couple of times, a lot of our stuff is video conference calls like this. Uh, we, we like to utilize technology quite a bit in our firm, um, you know, because it, it gives us a little bit more um, free time, if you will, to not drive all over, especially up in New York when you you know, it takes you four hours to get three miles. It's not fun. Um, <laughs> as you know from Sandy from when we spoke on the phone a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So, you know, that's how Wichita got into the mix. Yeah.
0: Was that – you hit MDRT in 2012. Was that um, before uh, you connected with Wichita or after?
1: Uh, way before. Wichita just uh, came onto the uh, the DBA last year.
0: Oh, okay. Yep. Still so relatively new. So 2012, you're rolling along, you're growing your business, you have a mentor, you're, you're part of uh, one of these groups where you get together and talk and, and yep. share ideas. Did something dramatic happen that boosted to the MDRT or, or was it just something that happened gradually?
1: So actually it was 2012. I was not member of any of those groups yet. That was still only my first full year working with New York Life. Well, um, in uh, 2013, toward the end of 2013 is when I actually met my mentor and started working and joined the study group. And actually that's when I propelled my business quite a bit. I I made, I didn't make a core of the table until 2017, um, but I was right there for the two prior years. I just missed it. Uh, so it was a real goal of mine to make sure that I made it in 2017 and to stay there. Um, you know, New York Life, just like a lot of other, um, you know, agencies, you know, your Northwestern, your Guardians or whatever, they all have your mass mutuals. I think pretty much any brokerage insurance firm, you know, they had their, Company um, goals and achievements. I always looked at that as a as a a real cornerstone of the business. I got to hit those numbers to make my New York Life numbers right. But I always looked at MDRT as the real number for me because that shows what I'm doing in everything, not just in life insurance when you're at life or investments when you're at life, but also, you know, our health insurance and any outside business that we're doing and brokered business that we're doing. It really shows a barometer of what your actual business is. Um, you know, for me, that was something that was important to make sure that I hit those numbers and stay at your table. I actually think next year I get, you know, when I earn, not if, but when I earn, you know, a quarter of the table again, I think I get my lifetime um my lifetime MDRT membership, which I'm super excited about.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, that, that whole progression is great, but what I'm looking for, because I think it helps people. Sure. You're plugging along, you're growing your business, and then all of a sudden you're at MDRT yeah. level, and you've been looking for it all along. You wanted to get there. Now, what was it that made the difference in 2011,
1: 2012, well, what made the difference well, from when one I had to pay my bills? So, <laughs> um, you oh, know, when, when Sandy, when you're a brand new agent, I think any agent can attest to this. When you're a brand new agent, the first thing is man, I gotta I got make some money, you know, I gotta do everything I can do. And to me, I, I need to make, I need to pay my bills. So I worked real hard, I was working 40, 50, 60 hours, you know, a week, barely seeing my family. What really gave me my boost into consistency, because you know you can do one time, it's great. Yeah. Consistency, I believe, and we had a talk actually the other day, Sandy. That consistency, in my opinion, is super important. Yeah. Uh, What gave me my boost into consistency was my mentorship with my partner Piero. Um, Piero, you know, when we started working together, I'd work with his clients, but it wasn't just here's a bunch of clients, and I'll call them. He would actually sit down with me before and after each meeting to here's what we would talk about here's what you did here's what i would have done here's some changes to language that you could have utilized um you know why did you say that dan when you could have said this and he coached me you know and he didn't only coach me on the uh, on the sale he coached me on how to build a relationship you know and you know one, one thing that i've learned from him which is you know I think, head and shoulders above the rest of the things he taught me is his relationship skills. You know, you can't just work with people and expect them to just buy from you just because of a product. They buy from you because they like you, you know? They buy because you have personality. They buy because, you know, they could sit down and they could trust you, you know? And the only way to do that is to be likable. And he's a very likable guy, you know, very charismatic gentleman. And um, he, he taught me a lot of that. A lot of it comes with language. A lot of it comes with, how that, you know, also on the business side of things, he told me how to be a businessman, not just how to sell insurance and investments. Um, you know, get an assistant. That was a huge, huge step for me. Um, in 2013 is when I hired my first assistant. After two years of, I don't know if I should do that or not. You know, I don't know if I have the money. How am I going to pay her? You know, I don't pay her. She pays herself because it's worth it. You know, so I need newer agents out there. By all means, get an assistant the plunge they pay for themselves um, yeah so I, I hope that it does that answer it a little bit better oh yeah
0: you, that's that's a great answer you're talking about a lot of the things that made you successful uh, and then 2017 comes and quarter the table uh, again was it just um, growing incrementally and I'm there or was there something that jumped you up there?
1: You know, I think it was, it was a combination of both, Sandy. Um, I incrementally was growing over the years. Um, you know, in 2017, I'd say, yeah, yeah 2017, I was fortunate enough um, where, you know, I hit a very high level with New York life. I had a couple of really nice cases that came in um, that I clo- that I was able to close. And I was able to join what's called the Nautilus Group at New York Life um, so what the Nautilus Group is is it's basically a group of you know advanced planning attorneys actuaries and, and accountants that work on staff um, for us but you have to be part of like the top 200 agents at New York Life in order to be asked to have this resource um, so I'm fortunate enough that I got that now when I get when I got membership to the Nautilus Group they've helped me develop a lot more knowledge, um, you know, as far as estate planning, business succession planning, how to look and identify larger cases, um, which ultimately makes you, you know, you work just as hard, but you work a little bit smarter, you know, um, you know, and that's that's pretty. That's I think what helped me. I started looking at bigger cases. I started not getting scared. Um, you know, I, I think when you're first starting off, and this happened to me you know, I look at somebody like $500 a month for insurance. That's insane. Like who? car payment, you know, now I look at it as it's only $500 a month. You know, And that's some of the language that I use. Like I was, you know, you'd sit down with some of these top advisors in the country and just listen to the way that they speak, listen to the way that they present themselves, listen to the way that they present product and they present uh, solutions. And you know what? I, you know, I I'm fortunate enough to be able to speak in front of a lot of the newer agents in our office because we have a really large office here. It's like, I think over five, six hundred agents at New York, Life, Long Island. And the first thing I tell them all is, man, I'm a thief. I steal everybody's language. <laughs> I'm not I'm not smarter than the next guy in the room. You know, you, you know, they're smarter than I am. I just make it my own. I steal their language. I make it my own. I make it personal. And you know, then it works, you know? Um, the other thing that really helped was I went to a conference down in Dallas, Texas, um, uh, that was hosted by a gentleman named Steve Kineski. Um, Steve passed away, um, about a year and a half ago, unfortunately he's a mentor, and got this picture on was up, uh, over my uh, right shoulder there, uh, in my office. He's always watching over me, making sure I'm still working. Um, you know, Steve was one of the top agents for New York life for many, many years. And, um, He was another mentor of mine and a very close friend of mine. And, you know, we would talk on the phone on probably a weekly to bi-weekly basis. And he gave me the honor to let me come out and actually shadow him at his office in California for a week where I just sat and I just had a book and I just took notes and stole every piece of language that that man had. And, um, you know, came back to New York and started utilizing some of his techniques and utilizing his techniques catapulted my career. Uh, you know, so between him and Piero, my study groups, it's just all these things coming together for me. Uh, I think that's what helped jump me into core of the table uh, and keep me there, you know, because I think also once you get there, you realize, holy cow, I, I did that. That, that was pretty, I, I was able to do it. I can do it again. Now I just got to do it next year. Yeah. Uh-huh. And listen, we all, Sandy, we all hate, we all hate January 1st, right? Because all the stuff goes back to zero and that sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah but yeah
0: his and I'm going to ask you about consistency, but I'm really curious if you'd be willing to and or able to share some of his
1: techniques that helped you um you know so some of the things that he did was he worked primarily with physicians out in California, and his techniques were he he developed like a like a roadmap, um the financial EKG and you know, he tagged it to the dot medical where we would look toward retirement how much money do we need to be putting away in, you know, tax deferred accounts and how much do we need to be putting into tax saving, uh, tax free accounts and where can we, you know, align those assets and just, you know, it's very difficult. It's a whole program. It's not something that I could just say, well, this is some of the stuff he did. It's, it's a program and it's a four appointment program. It's, um, you know, I don't know if leap, leap if anyone's heard of Leap, it's 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 a lot like like leap map type stuff, and yeah, he's just it was a lot more of his language, you know, um, which is it's hard to share when you're not on a meeting. It's like, I don't, <laughs> I was, I don't know, I, know, I don't, share some of that, like, 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 it's it's more like in the moment type stuff at this point for me because it was such a you know, it was a while ago that yeah you know, it's, it's not stuff that I have just etched
0: in my brain i'm sorry no that's okay that's okay <coughs> so we can move on to uh, the question that i i think still bugs you but you do have some solutions for it and that is that consistency sure
1: um i've always been a competitive man um i want to be the best that i can be but i want to beat other people too um you know so for me it was once you hit a, a number, you can't go below it again, you know? And then how do you do it? Yeah. And it, it started out with work, work, you know, just working a lot, you know, and, you know, I, I think it's also like calling people out on, you know, that I work with, you know, and making them accountable. You know, I'm held accountable by my partners I'm held accountable by my study group, I'm held accountable by my family. Um, and, and I think accountability leads to consistency. You know, if you, Don't fall into a lull. You know, you can't just you know sit back and I'm not gonna work. You know, you gotta come in and you gotta work. And you know, we all go through life struggles. As you know, like I recently went through a divorce. You know, it's not easy. You know, but you gotta work. And for me, the consistency has been the most important thing. Because it's like you know, you you can't build a a practice. You know, you can't upgrade your practice. You can't hire another assistant. You can't you know, increase your, your brick and mortar in your, your office. Um, you know, you, you want to be able to keep going into a nice luxury car. You know, you know, things like that. You know, go on nice vacations with your kids. You know, in my case, pay the insane amount of child support. Um, you know, you got to be consistent to be able to do those things, Sandy. Yeah, well, that's the want <laughs> That's the want to. Like, you know, I got to meet last year's numbers. I got to beat last year's got to beat, not meet. Yeah. I always tell right. my partner's like, my, my, my good boy, I'm sorry to cut you off, my, my good buddy Marcus in Wichita, he just hit his first president's council last year, which is a New York life standard. And then he had chairman's council, which is the highest standard New York life has this year. I told him, it's awesome, do it again. <laughs> hey, trust me, do it again.
0: Yeah. I'm interested
1: in the, the how
0: to, like, like, what do you do to make sure that you're beating life? Sure.
1: Yeah. So for me, a lot of it's technology and efficiency. Um, you know, in the beginning, I felt like I had to meet every single client face to face for a two-hour meeting to tell them who I was, what I do, you know, where I specialize. You know, go through the whole, you know, process. I have personally learned, especially through people like Steve, you know, and Piero, you know, more more so Steve on this this regard, that you don't need to do all that. Okay? You need to be effective and efficient. And one of the ways for me to be effective is to be in my office. I have my clients, for example, come to my office now, right? Why? Well, because when, you know, we've, who's been porched out there? You know, we've all been porched, right? <laughs> yeah. And when you get porched in New York and you're in Queens and it took you two and a half hours to get to the appointment, and now it's gonna take an hour and a half to two hours to get back, you know, out onto Long Island, well, I just got a five hour porch session. That's not okay. Because during that time frame, I could have been making phone calls, I could have been working on another financial plan, Things of that nature. So I was always afraid to ask clients to just come to my office. You know, you said just, when you go to the doctor, do you go to the doctor. Or the doctor come to you. Know, I go to the doctor. It was to be the doctor. You know, yeah. don't 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 ask them. Do you want to come to you? Tell them you're coming. All right. So I started doing it. And simple thing. It's little simple things. I run my. It's nothing complicated. There's no magic pill that gets you there. It's just little things that you can do. Go to meetings. I need to see you face to face, but you know, I mean, Sandy, you're in New Jersey right now, right? Yep. I'm in Long Island mm-hmm. we're Sitting next to each other though. Yep. Okay, we're having a conversation right next to each other. What, why can't I do this with a client? Why can't you do this with a client? Um, so I started doing a lot more of that by doing a lot more go to meetings, a lot more conference calls, um, you know, Electronic applications now. Thank God for technology, right? Utilizing technology, um, I was able to see more clients in a shorter day, and I was also able to see my kids more. So I was less stressed, right? Now I'm able to see the same amount of clients, but I'm not sitting in a car. I'm not. Going, but I also get to go home and see my have dinner with my children, um, and then I look and I go, I need more money. <laughs> Yeah, and Great. You know, um, good advice. You know, I, also, the other thing is delegation. You know, um, I, I think a lot of people in our profession are type A personalities. Um, that, that's kind of the dra- driver, you know, mm. uh, and I'm the same way. And I need to have my hand in everything and I need to know exactly what's going on with my office, with every single client. And, and it took a lot for me to sit back and go, you know what? I hired my assistant, I pay my assistant. $20 an hour, $25 an hour, or whatever it might be, whatever you may pay your assistant, I pay her so that I can trust her to run my office. You know, I don't do service work. I have a client call me for service. I'm sorry, sir, you, ma'am, you gotta call Danielle, right? And Danielle handles it, because that's $15, $20 an hour work. This is something against Steve, you know, instilled in me, and Piero instilled in me. You know, that's $15, $20 an hour work. And you know what? You are not a $15, $20 an hour employee. You're a $500 an hour employee. So where are you best suited to do your work? You're best suited to be prospecting. You're best suited to be working on the financial plan, putting together ideas, Um, you know, working on the actual investment plans and the portfolios that you're looking to work on. Um, You're best suited sitting with a client, you know, and closing business, not filling out change of beneficiary forms. You know, not, you know, well, my bank account didn't pay the bank. How do we fix, you know, or I want to reduce it. That's all stuff that you pay an assistant for. So learning how to delegate that kind of stuff, it helps because, and it's not necessarily always, um, what are you doing to enhance a sale? It's how much time are you creating to enhance a sale? So by doing all that, I created more time for myself to just sell and learn and educate myself more. You know, cause I'm not sitting with my head buried in paperwork for doing servicing that I'm not getting paid on, you know, that's her job. You know, and her and I work very well together. Um, you know, I'm fortunate that the assistant that I have has been a friend of mine for 25 years since we were little kids. So I trust her with, you know, my business, I trust her with my life and, uh, vice versa. Um, you know, and again, I'm, I'm very fortunate, um, you know, But also my partner, we we share an office with my partner and my mentor, Piero, and his assistant's been with him for 30 years. So, you know, we have a lot of consistency. My clients know that when they call my office, they're going to get help like this. So that's, that's another um, positive, I think, and another way that we've been able to stay consistent with our sales and increasing our growth is by me being able to sit back and say, okay, Dan, you specialize here, she specializes here, separate it, be able to hand her off that at work and don't worry about it, you know, instead of, you know, and and that takes uh, some discipline in your own mind, I guess, right, Sandy? be able to sit back and be like, oh, man, it's done right. I trust (laughs)
0: Letting go, training, I mean, these are all things that uh, I challenge clients. I'm loving hearing this because these are all things (laughs) I challenge my clients to do Yep. And there's so much resistance. Oh, how am I going to afford it? And what uh-huh. happens if she doesn't work out and she's no good? And so so I loved hearing it because it's just so definite from you. If you had it to do over again, would you do anything differently?
1: I'd get more education faster. Um, I would take, I would get more designations um, I would go and get my securities licenses a little bit quicker. Um, currently, I'm in the process of getting my Series Seven, so I can do manage money and things of that nature. Here, when you're thirty, wait a, wait a minute, you did all of this without the seven? Yeah, I have a six. That's awesome. uh, yeah. So there's, <laughs> no, there's no managed money in my practice. My, my partner Marcus does manage money. Uh, that doesn't come through me, obviously. Um, so I'm working on that now when you're 38 years old, two children at home and your girlfriend has four of her that you're taking, helping to take. <laughs> care. Uh, so I get the little bringing bunch at home and then I got an office to run. Studying for the series seven is not the easiest thing in the world. So I wish I would have done that nine years ago, um, and not sat on it, but you know, um, I wish I would have got my CL, I should have my CHFC by now. I'm still working on that honestly those are the really the only things that i would change i wouldn't change anything else um even the hard times even the bad times i wouldn't change because those things create character and those are what teach you what to do better next time yeah that's that's also great advice so speaking
0: of advice you got to
1: embrace the struggle sandy
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I see uh, on the wall behind you, the shoot for the moon thing. And, you know, these are the kinds of things that I talk with clients about all the time. Uh, One thing I would love to do with you is to pin down a couple of ideas that you could share with someone who just made it to the MDRT. He's hoping to get to the court and maybe to the top of the table someday. And he's saying, I don't know, how do these guys do it? I don't know. You know, I, I made pretty much the same I made last year. Um, how, how do you do it? Can you give us some tips that
1: work for you that you can share? Sure. Um, well, if you made MDRT, you know, and I'm going to assume this is somebody that's out there working on a consistent basis, not someone that closed one big case, and all of a sudden your million dollar round hit, you got to work, you know, so, so from a consistent, how do you get to the next level? Well, Work, you know, um, you know, you you, ha- you know, you have to go to work every single day. You have to get up in the morning. You have to be the first one in the office and the last one to leave. Um, but outside of that, the education part of it, Sandy, is important because that's going to help these younger agents that are or these these agents that are getting to MDRT now want to move out. It's going to help them close bigger cases. Um, but you you got to go out and start working with your book of business. For me. Um, don't forget about the guy that you wrote business on in your first year. If you're in your fifth year, you know, and you just made your first MDRT, the guy in your first year had some life changes, call him, Hey, what happened? Get your referrals. I, I, I think that it doesn't need to be complicated. There's no secret sauce. Like I, I used that before there's secret sauce. Um, for me, I'm very, very, very good at relationship. Right? You need to build relationship with your clients. Um, I call on my clients two to three times a year, right? Why? Because you never know if they're going to have a rollover. You never know if they're going to have somebody that they know that all of a sudden they need to refer to you. I got six referrals this week alone that I didn't even ask for. The client called me, hey, you know, after our meeting today, I have a client coming in. It's a referral from a good friend of mine that said, hey, I think you should meet with these people. Um, You know, I went out yesterday um, into the city and met with a very nice client of mine, a CPA firm, and, and we're gonna do some great business with them. They've been clients of ours for, you know, my partners for 25 years, but new business just came up. I was consistent, I called. So I think, you know, there's no secret sauce. I think it's education, learn how to look for bigger cases. And for me, I, and I, I kind of said something about this earlier is don't be afraid to ask for a bigger case. Don't be afraid to ask for money and it's language. So i give you some language if you want. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that was always hard for me, again, was looking at the, at the premiums if people look get monthly premiums, things like that. We'll talk about just insurance right now, right? People look get monthly premiums or EFTs or we call them check or whatever in New York. Right. I can't ask for dollars. check It's a lot. Yeah, it sounds like a lot, right? Don't talk about checkmatic. Talk about annualized premiums. Okay. You know what, Sandy? You know, I ran this these numbers for you, and it's only twelve thousand dollars a year. Right? The word only know when you put it in there is a mind trip for people. You know, Man, it is always you know, How do you wanna pay for that? You wanna pay that annually? You wanna pay that monthly? Uh, you know, twelve grand. Oh, let's do it. okay, it's a month. Okay, it's a thousand dollars a month. Thousand dollars a month. Like, yeah, 12,000 divided by 12, that's an easy math, it's 1,000 a month. Oh, you know, when you say $1,000 a month, you know, I mean, if you're writing a bigger premium for a client, you're writing a $50,000 premium or $120,000 premium, it's $10,000 a month, you don't pay like that. The bigger case is pay it annually, right? The other part is where is the liquid assets? I always ask for, show me everything. Do really, really, really good fact finding, right? I understand where these people have their money. Tell me about the savings account that you have for your kid that's a custodial account with $500. I don't care. I want to know everything. And then they go, why do you need all that? Why? Because I'm a doctor. Right? And if you're my patient and you come to me and I go, here's your prescription. I didn't examine you. You didn't think I'm a kook. And you're not going to want to work with me. Right? Yep. So I need to know. You don't have to give me the information, Sandy. Don't tell me anything. All right? But the more you give me, the better I can diagnose you. The better I can look at that 10,000 foot view of what's going on in your life and say, here are the areas I can help you in and do it without overlap, right? On some of your portfolio holdings maybe, right? Um, a lot of the people, they oh, like, it makes a lot of sense. And when you do that, they give you all this information. Now you have everything. Now you know where you can actually help these people. Say, look, I don't think you should move all of this to me but I can help you here, 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 and here. The guy over there, he's doing a good job in these equity positions. Don't touch up. Don't be greedy, right? Oh man, he's not trying to get every dollar out of me. <laughs> not to work with you because you're not, they know you're not just being a greedy little pig and trying to get everything, right? Um, so I, I think for the guy who's an MDRT agent, trying to get to court of the table, strong fact finding, more education, consistently work. Those are key pillars to getting there. Yeah, at least it happened for me. Yeah. So fair enough. That, that
0: was beautiful. Top of the table. When are you going to hit it?
1: I mean, I would like to say I'm going to hit it next year. Uh-huh. Um, you know, but again, you know, I just made my first couple of quarter of the tables. I'm I'm a I'm a consistent growth guy. Um. Uh-huh. We can all sit here and be like, yeah, I'm gonna make top of the table next year. I I don't know. I'm gonna consistently try to grow my practice uh, to get there. Um, For me personally, I have a lot of stuff going on at home that is taking a lot of attention for me. Um, So, quarter of the table is my goal Um, and growing. You know, if I did, you know, 300,000, I'm gonna do 340, or 350, and then 380, and then four. And I'll get there, you know. Um, I I think that's really where I'm at. Um, My goal is consistency. I don't necessarily look at an end number. I know I'll get there at some point. Um, Just like I got to quarter of the table, I'll get to top of the table. Uh, It's just a matter of time for me. Um, All right. That's great. Might not be the best uh, answer for to to tell a coach. Uh,
0: no, no, no. That's, uh, that. That was a truthful yeah, answer. The truth. You know, the thing you said about hey, uh, I could tell you next year. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know if that's possible. But but those are things that uh, I, I know mean, it's possible. I don't know if it's probable. (laughs) Uh, And that's something I can talk about, but but (laughs) bottom line on this is you've given me so much good information for the people who are going to be watching this, and I can't, Danny, I can't thank you enough. Um, It was powerful. It was clear. Uh, You have uh, it, you're not a man uh, of weak opinions.
1: You're uh, <laughs> opinions. I, don't, I don't know too many New York and New Jersey people. I
0: <laughs> but, but I have to tell you that, you know, I agreed with pretty much everything you said, you know, having a mentor or being consistent, showing up for work. I have this discussion with clients sometimes, and we call it the, um, this is the blue collar work you know, you have to get up every day and be there at eight or nine o'clock in the morning, and you have to be on the phone, and you have to be doing these things, and it can't be, well, you know, today I don't feel like it, so I'm not going to do it, and you just expressed that way better than I could, and I I really appreciate it, and and with that, I'll thank you, and
1: um, uh, wish you the best. Thank you so much, Sandy, and listen, I I thank you for reaching out to me, and and asking me to do this, and uh, You know, I appreciate you and uh, I hope it is able to help some of the people that watch this and, uh, you know, thank you very much for having me on. Great.
0: If you want to talk with me about your journey to the top of the table, contact me at sandychassell.com slash conversation. I'll see you at the top.